Alright guys, welcome to another episode of The Hunter's Quest. Um, and again, you know, this is not just about my quest. That's why I always say The Hunter's Quest, not Hunter's Quest. Because, yes, my name is Hunter, but this is about your quest, my quest, and all of our quests as hunters and as men. So, I just, for some reason, wanted to re reiterate that. Uh, you know, I hope people don't think that I just named it after myself. Yes, that is my name, but it's about all of our quests, uh, not just mine. So anyway, um, on that note... I have a cool episode this week with a guy who, similar to me, uh, started his Western hunting journey not in the West. Um, you know, this guy is from the Midwest, um, I believe Iowa. So, grew up whitetail hunting like myself, bow hunting like myself. Um, and then, uh, you know, now he's a fairly accomplished Western hunter and working in the kind of uh, Western hunting niche kind of section of the outdoor industry. Uh, he actually does work at Go Hunt. So, um, again, I know you've been hearing a lot of Go Hunt episodes lately, but I went out there to the headquarters and there's just uh, a lot of killer hunters and really good dudes that work out there. So, I just used that opportunity to record as many podcasts as I could, one of which being with my guest today, who is Chris Neville. He's also one of the co hosts of the Go Hunt podcast, uh, Big Hunt Guys. Um, and I did an episode with those guys as well, which hopefully will be airing soon. But Chris is a great dude. Um, we talk about his film that he and his brother just recently did of an archery elk hunt. We talk about some of his upcoming adventures, um, some gear stuff. You know, we hit a bunch of different topics, but uh, it's entertaining. Chris is a is a good guy. He's funny and. Um, you know, I think you guys will enjoy this episode. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, please subscribe. Please like the podcast. Go to my YouTube channel if you can and subscribe there. It's very helpful. Even leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast with friends and family. Uh, word of mouth is, is always really helpful. And, um, yeah, I appreciate y'all's support, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. I'm here at the Go Hunt headquarters with Mr. Chris Neville. How you doing, man? Good. How about you? <laughs> Welcome to Vegas. Yeah, dude. It's a little bit hot here, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I got it. Well, I thought it was supposed to be cold at night in the desert. Is that no, not a thing here? No, not here. Too much pavement. It just okay. radiates right off the I pavement. came outside of the airport. I was expecting it to be like a nice desert cool, and it was like sauna. Right. I was like, what? I know. Um, That's every time I walk around in the evening, I'm like, oh, my God. It's still <laughs> 100 degrees. So it, it never really does get no, cool at never. night? Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's not um, usually till like October we start getting like okay decent temperatures. So how do you like living out here, man? It's got to be crazy. You're from like Iowa, right? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in Iowa. I've lived out here for five years now. Okay. And at the beginning, I wasn't. You know, people were like, "Oh, you're going to live in Vegas and work in Vegas." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> I thought it was kind of strange at the time, but I've gotten used to it. And outside of the strip, it's like any yeah any normal town or city, just your suburb life kind of stuff. Yeah. But then yeah, you I just got the. The craziness. The craziness yeah. on the strip. Yeah, I went on like a hike this morning I was telling you about, and then I went to just grab like Chipotle or something real quick, and I was like, oh, okay, this is just like a normal right. town. Yeah. yeah, and like where it's located, it's actually not too bad for hunting. So you got like Utah pretty close, you got Arizona yeah. close, you mm -hmm. got Idaho that's fairly close. Yeah. Colorado's not too bad, so it's all like eight hours every direction. You have like pretty decent hunting. Yeah, that's good, man. It's a lot better than uh, Virginia. It's, I was on the plane for like eight hours yesterday. <laughs> yeah, 
Is, is that East Coast time too? Um, Virginia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. East, Eastern time. So um, yeah, yeah, that was a... we literally sat on the tarmac for almost three hours and then took off. It was crazy. De just delays? Yeah, just weather. And like flying right now is just crazy. Yeah. Have you flown recently? Yeah. Okay. I had, where was I going? I think I was going to a bachelor party and I was like delayed okay. for like three hours. <laughs> it's like a guarantee. That's actually why I, I was supposed to come out tomorrow, but I just booked it like a day early, just expecting to like not make it somehow. Mm -hmm. But it's good that we can catch up. So, um, so tell me about um, growing up in Iowa and how you got your start. We saw, so if you guys haven't seen it yet, go check out Chris's new film. It's on the Go Hunt YouTube channel yeah. called By Blood, right? Right, okay. yep, By Blood. Um, I just watched it the other day, and uh, it starts off in the beginning with some cool, like, old family videos <laughs> and stuff. So tell me about growing up out there and how you ended up yeah. being a Western hunter. Yeah, so I grew up in, like, central Iowa, Des Moines mm -hmm. area. If you're familiar, that's the capital of Iowa, yeah. about, like, 40 minutes, 30 minutes north of there. Yeah, okay. And we just grew up on, we had 12 acres of woods that was surrounded by, like, 300 acres of woods. Nice. So it was one of those things, like, I was, and that was ever, my whole life I grew up in that same house. So I was exposed to, like, being in the woods and nature and all the time. Mm -hmm. And, then like, my parents, my dad would fish a lot in Minnesota. We had cabins in Minnesota a okay. lot. So, like, that's kind of where I started getting my foot in the door, just, like, fishing, being in Minnesota a lot, being out yeah. in the woods a lot, and then, like, decided to take it to the next level and start hunting. Was your, your dad wasn't on No, there? yeah. So my dad's never killed an animal. My okay. mom's never killed an animal. Like, there's no one on my dad's side of the family that's hunted. There's no one on my mom's side of the family that's hunted. So it was all just, like, my brother and I. You know, sometimes I say, like, it almost came to us. Like, okay. we didn't choose it. Like, it just kind of happened to yeah. us, and then we decided to just take it to the next level. And, you know, when you're little and... You're always watching the Outdoor Channel. That was kind mm -hmm. of always a dream to, you know, be on the Outdoor Channel, Did make you a watch TV the show. Drury guys? Oh yeah, all the Dude, time. I was obsessed with those. Yeah, guys. they kill the biggest deer ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're cool, man. Yeah, yeah. They're so legit. I was watching a lot of that. So we they hunt in Iowa, some don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have they have a farm down in southern Iowa. Okay, cool. But yeah, I was kind of taking that. You know, back in the day, Outdoor Channel was pretty popular. Yeah. So we were always just carrying around a video camera, filming each other. Oh, so you got into the filming? Yeah, yeah I remember I, one of the little clips in there is you're in the tree stand, like, yeah. talking, right? Yeah, that's that how you? all those clips I have, I have so much footage from when I was little, just, like, that's filming awesome, hunts. Dude. My brother and I would film each other out hunting. Isn't it cool when, like, as a grown-up, you're doing the stuff you're doing for fun as a kid? Right, yeah, and <laughs> I was so, I was blinded for a long time. Like, it, I didn't realize this till you know, maybe a couple of years ago that, like, I was doing back then like what I'm doing now and it's still a passion of mine yeah, yeah. like the whole time when I was going through college like I never thought like oh I want to do this this is this is what I am this is what I'm gonna yeah. do it's, it's just, almost like you talk yourself out of it it's like too cool right you're like I can't do that that's not right. a real job you yeah. just talk yourself out of it I did the same thing for years and it took me there's actually a I was, there's a bible verse that says um, a dream deferred makes the heart sick right right and so it's like if you have a dream and you like for whatever reason, talk yourself out of it or don't go after it, it can make you like heart sick. Right. And I was for a while until I, now I've kind of come back to it, but that's, that's pretty cool coming full circle. Yeah. Like yeah. And I, I knew throughout college and high school, like my passion was the outdoors and hunting. And I knew I wanted my job to be in that space, mm. whether that was, you know, marketing this or that. And it just happened to be that Okay. Video content was something that I was fairly decent at, well versed in. Just kind of carried and naturally over. liked it. Right. Obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool, man. So, what is your actual job title here at Go Hunt? Uh, video content manager. So, okay. Yeah. Just any, 
Sweet. Any video needs, whether that's for marketing, social media, emails. Obviously, our YouTube channel takes up a lot of my time. Yeah. Now, did you, um, what did you study in school? Did you do anything? Journalism and mass oh, okay. communication. So, nice, yeah. Man. And then, like, a lot of the classes were more specific towards, like, the video side of journalism. Yeah. Than, like, writing, but. And then out of school, did you get? Yeah, so I did an internship here first. Okay. Uh, I had a semester left at Iowa. I did an internship here in the summer. I was like one of the first interns ever. So this is back when we had like eight people. Nice. Brady, Brady was my boss. He was the first, <laughs> first intern he's had. And then I went back, graduated college, and then they hired me on full time. Okay. And I've, I've been, been here since. And at that point, had you already started getting into Western hunting and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. So during college, I'd probably say I was probably 21. My mm -hmm. brother and I went out for our first Western big game hunt, just like okay. just like anyone else from back east, you go Colorado over yeah. the counter, get your dick <laughs> yeah. kicked in, you know, not not really knowing what you're doing, your gear is terrible, yeah. you're like really figuring stuff out on the fly, and yeah, yeah, that's I did that for a couple years, okay, before I came out here. All right, so tell me about your first elk with a bow. First elk with a bow. Yeah, we have it on film. It's uh, the Wyoming Out West with Trail. Okay, it was, the, was the first elk I ever shot with a bow, and it was. It's probably one of the most memorable because it was something like I was trying for and looking forward to and like something I really wanted really bad. How many years did it take to? I think it was probably like four years then. Okay. Yeah. Four years of trying. Yeah. Doing a lot of like over the counter stuff. And then I finally get still a general tag, but compared to Colorado, Wyoming general tag. Yeah. A way better opportunity than being with trail. Yeah. Someone knows it's always, always a leg up. And that, that's where I would say like I've been really fortunate in coming here. And my learning curve being like cut in half just from like the people I hang out with, the people I hunt with, like Brady and Trail. Yeah. You know, some of the, two of the best hunters I know. Yeah. And I've hunted with them multiple, multiple times. So just That's like awesome. cutting that learning curve down oh, from yeah. just like going on hunts at the very beginning when I first started working with those guys. Yeah. And I, I know it's hard for like them to like let somebody like a newbie. Mm -hmm. You know, I, di I didn't know a lot about Western hunting. I just knew like work hard, try your hardest, you know. Yeah. Don't give up because those guys like to hike as far as they can and go to the craziest places they can. And yeah. if you do that, you don't complain, you know, and then it's just picking mm -hmm. up all the knowledge from how they hunt and do different things. It is a lot because it's not like you're just learning a new species or like just a new weapon or something. It's like a new weapon, new species, new terrain, backpacking, woodsmanship, like all right. the hiking, physical fitness, like, yeah. and it's a totally different style of hunting. It's a huge learning curve. Yeah, I would say it was probably it took me like five years to where I'm like super comfortable in backcountry hunting, planning. Yeah. Like going on my own. And that and you gotta think that's somebody for me who I'm around this all the time, right? This yeah. is what I do for a living. Right. This is I I do it I'm around it more than like the average person. Mm -hmm. So like I could probably I probably for like a regular person it's probably a little bit longer. Yeah. Just like become comfortable with backcountry. Yeah, if you only get like one week a year yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. And just like the regulations and how to apply in different states. Oh dude, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like if I was literally not working at Go Hunt, I didn't know and have to be around that all the time. Yeah. Like there is no way I would know all that knowledge. You could you could have like your full time job be just like applying for stuff right and like fill up your time basically yeah yeah i mean heck <laughs> that's nuts. a lot of it what we do here trying know, to figure yeah. out our hunts game planning which <laughs> Me too. is it's Me it's too. crazy yeah because you got i mean it's a long game you got to think two three years out in advance and set things up in kind of a strategic mm -hmm. way yeah and um, now nowadays it's even getting getting tougher yeah. as they're starting to take away those 
know, general over-the-counter yep. opportunities, but yeah. there's still still a lot of opportunities to be found. There is, and that's why I don't, I hate when people go like all super negative and right. oh, no. it's like, dude, there's still, like I'm going um, on a, just an antelope hunt this year. I, I figured, I was going to go film for somebody, like for elk. I was like, dude, no, I want to go hunt. I don't want to just film somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. So, <yeah. laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to, and I already burned my antelope points last year. So I was like, dude, I'm just going to use Go Hunt um, and find a, the best unit I can. That's zero point unit, 100% draw. And I found one. And I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shooting gallery, but I'm just going to get there a day early, camp somewhere good, and just be there when the sun rises. Yeah. And I think I'll be all right. There's, yeah. It's still pretty, I mean, like I said, there's, there's hunts you can do. Right, for sure. And so I, many guys like sit for years just waiting to like, build points. Like, there's this one guy that keeps, um, you know who you are if you're listening, um, <laughs> keeps messaging me on social media and stuff and just talking about different stuff. And he's got like four or five points for like every species. And I'm like, dude, just make a plan, just go. Stop overthinking it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, dude, that's a lot of the times those people that wait for so long, you're not actually hunting. So you're not you're not even becoming not a better, better hunter. Right. So when that time comes, you do get a limited entry tag. Yeah. And you're like, what you're, do I do? You're not as good as if you would have went to Colorado for five years in a row. Totally. Really learned how elk or mule deer function, and then you have that limited entry tag. Be way better prepared. Yeah. A lot of guys fall into that trap, and it's easy to. I was there too. And Dan Staten said to me one time, he was like, just go get reps. Just go right. do it. Like even if you're in the worst place ever and you fail, just yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. The more you're in it, even on like any time you're outdoors, you're learning. You're learning something. Yeah. If you're scouting, you're learning how they pattern or how they move yeah. in the summer, which can then benefit you in the hunting season. Even just like putting on a stalk is something that like <clears throat> isn't talked about a whole lot because I think it's kind of taken for granted by a lot of guys who've been doing it forever. But if you're used to just sitting in a tree stand, like even just figuring out the terrain and the wind and the best way to approach an animal is is a different skills yeah so it's you know it takes practice yeah practice yeah. for sure <laughs> I, I saw that one video you did that like your five lessons i was like don't go on every stop yes <laughs> i did learn that one the hard way but i probably on that hunt i was antelope hunting in montana with brady i bet you i went on 50 stocks oh my gosh like your eastern montana yeah just i drove out. through there this year there's a lot of antelope in there dude ton of antelope. they already had like big horns too yeah this was after my bear hunt like what may or something yeah. I was like, I'm coming back here. Yeah, and antelope hunting is a good hunt, it's especially fun. for somebody. That was my first Western big game animal that I actually killed. It was an antelope in Wyoming. Yeah, it's kind of a good good hunt to kind of get Absolutely. your feet wet. Yeah. I always recommend that, like someone that's first coming out west is like, look for an antelope hunt. Yeah, easy to draw tags. It's fun. High success rate. Yeah, really fun. You can take buddies. Yeah, truck camp. It's yeah, it's not intense. You're not freezing necessarily. You could be, but. Um, yeah, that's a really fun one to start. So do you still ever get the camera in your hands and film? Yeah, or, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll still do some some filming around the office, but okay. not not as much not as I field. not as much as I used to. Yeah, not not a ton in the Is that kind of how you anymore. got started? Was it like yeah. camera camera guy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I used to up until maybe like two years ago, I was I was filming everything that you you would see like on our YouTube channel. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd film it all, and then we had like a third party editing company that I would okay. See, get I them. Know, I didn't know that. Then they would edit. I used to edit too, but to do all that and film and then like other stuff that I had to do on the side, like social oh, yeah. media. Dude, if like, you're trying to put together like three or four hunt films editing, that's a lot of work. Yeah. People don't understand like, oh, I want to make hunting films. Yeah. And then they put it in the computer and they're like, 
I don't want to make hunting films anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I think this year we're coming out with nine. Last year we came out with like ten or eleven. But yeah, well, for our going originals, we have the same guy that edits them all. Yeah. He's he's been here since day one. That's uh, Mather McCaller. He lives out in okay. Seattle. Okay. So I, I work with him closely on. Yeah. All the going originals, and then when I'm not working on going originals, it's YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. That okay. we do weekly, but yeah, a lot of the, now that we have like some other employees, I've got some more hands on deck that we're, you know, yeah. doing different tasks. So tell me the story of that, that elk. I haven't seen that video yet. Which one? Your first one. The first one. Oh, first out, out west. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's there's footage in there from when I was little again in that one that we used. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it was kind of like played in there because yeah, the storyline of that one was like out west on my first elk hunt, which okay. kind of thing, and. We got in them for sure, and then we ended up killing two elk on the same wallow. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we sat on this wallow. Like, this whole canyon and basin were completely dry, and there was kind of, like, pre-rut, not, like, super rutting hard, so we'd call, and then he would just bugle back, grab all of his cows, and then run off, kind of just, like, keeping it away until mm-hmm. they get hot. So we knew it was going to be kind of tricky to call an elk. And then we stumbled into this wallow, and we knew there was no water in that whole drainage. Oh, yeah, so... And Trail loves to sit. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Patience. And I'm a white tail hunter, so I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. I'll, I'll sit. Like, yeah. that's, that's where I think a lot of different Western hunters are like, no way I'm sitting on a wallow. Yeah. They can be highly effective if yeah. you're patient and wanting to sit. Yeah. So we sat there. I think Trail shot one the first day, went back, sat there, nothing. And then, like, I think it was, like, towards the end of the trip, maybe I had two days left, another one came in and I shot it. Nice. Yeah. It was, like, that's kind cool. of right at last light. And it was actually like a high, high lung shot. And there wasn't a lot of blood. So uh, I was like getting worried. And we found the arrow and it looked decent. And there's like little chunks of fat because it was high enough in the top of the lungs. Like it hit some of the fat okay. like below its spine. Mm-hmm. And so like I was pretty worried. And trail, yeah, then Trail's like, hey, I think I have some blood over here. And I walked over and there it was. Oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, but then what sucked was we had two bulls down. We had his quartered out, but it was still still at camp, and we're like six miles from our truck. Ooh. So we had a gut mine out. We're like, all right, we're going to pack out his in the morning, then we'll come back in, quarter mine up, and then pack it out. So, so you, did, you did like one load for each elk? Yeah. yeah Dang. So, yeah, it was rough. Completely deboned. <laughs> we have a cameraman, too, that we'd give okay, some. Okay. Yeah, so there's like three okay. people. Okay, so that's a little better, but yeah. that's still grueling. Yeah. I've done that twice with trail. It's okay. awful. Yeah, that is rough, man. <laughs> but yeah, we got him off. Thank God. Wow, that's cool. Um, so, kind of going back to you know your brother and getting started and all that stuff. You got this new film out, which is cool. I watched it just the other day. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, so, tell me about that hunt, because like, I think you already mentioned it. So I'm thinking it's like a huge spoiler alert, but like, it, it was a tough hunt. Right. Yeah. It was, it was one of those, like, it was a really good hunt, but it was a really tough hunt at the yeah. same time. I mean, going in, going in there, we knew of the spot. We knew there was going to be elk there, you know. Yeah. It's just a matter of time of finding them. How many points did your brother have? I think he had, I think he had five points. Okay. Four or five points, and I had zero. So okay. I, had, I pretty much, I wrote all of his points in I there. I forget, is Wyoming average, or does it take yeah, a Yeah, average. Okay, so you yeah. went in with, like, two and a half, yeah. three points or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so okay. we, we drew that, and then... Yeah, we knew this spot was a good spot, so we went in there, and it, like, the way we like to hunt is, you know, definitely get as far away from people as possible, mobile camp, find the elk, follow the elk, you know, we're moving our camp every day wherever the elk are going, Mm -hmm. because, like, on this hunt in particular, like, there would be elk 
they would move five miles a day down this drainage. Like okay. If we weren't moving our camp, like we would have another five miles to go the next day. To, like, yeah. They and were covering country. Like, people might not, you know, you see a film and like, oh, you're setting up the tents or whatever, and it's like, okay. But when you're actually out there and you have to set up and break down camp every day and all that hiking you're doing, that's like, it's not easy. No. And like, just, just that extra little bit of like work at the end of the day, like makes it that much, like, cause you know, it's, it's nice when you can hunt all day and like, oh, okay, at least I can get back to camp. And like, yeah, have a nice even then, yeah, you can sit there and eat your meal. And even then, like, it's usually pretty late by the time you get your stuff right. squared away for the next day and you're ready to sleep. But if you're going to like redo camp every night, that's, that takes some yeah. discipline. That, to, like, that's why you got to find a good camp setup. So you have like yeah. something quick, easy, usually like a tarp system. Okay. Bivvies are really good. So what do you, what do you like? For I that? have the Sky Air ULT Stone Glacier. Okay. Yeah. The tarp. Do you use the inside part? Yeah, I use the mesh inserts. You're not a, not a flawless yeah. guy, huh? Yeah. So the reason I use the, <laughs> so the, the mesh insert, I just keep it attached right to the tarp so uh -huh. I can fold it all together and it comes back. Yeah. So I never have to like attach it again. Yeah. But the reason I like that, so if it is like stormy, then I have a little bit of that bathtub that comes up. So water yeah. comes underneath there. I don't run any of that situation. The, my, I ran a, um, Silex on this bear yeah. hunt I did this year. It's the first time I've ever done floorless because before I was like, yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> but I just was like, whatever, I'm going to try it. Um, I was actually really surprised how dry it kept me. Condensation was a little bit of an issue. Right. You know, every now and then I have a tick crawl across my face in the middle of the night. I did have a ground squirrel or like some kind Running of mouse. Running on the inside. He okay, I woke up and I was like, I thought I heard something in the night and then like I woke up and there was like fresh dirt like over here by my face <laughs> and I like pulled up my pants and there was like a fresh burrow like dug right. right I was like okay um but other than that I mean like I was really surprised at how I mean it, it rained every single day yeah like some days a lot but my stuff stayed I mean you got to be a little careful like coming in and out and you yeah. know it's not perfect but no. yeah I've, I've used a ton of those seek outsides and yeah. those colder late season hunts and but you like that yeah um, yeah I, I like the sky aerial just because it's light yeah super light really is there small. pretty a pretty big difference between the uh silex and uh, that thing? the silex prompt might be even lighter the silex is super light yeah especially the dyneema one with yeah. the no, no stove jack yeah that one is really light yeah but I had, the st I had the one with the stove jack anyway on this trip. But um, anyway, back to the hunt. Um, so you guys are moving camp every night, trying to keep up with these elk. Right. And so yeah, yeah. Because basically, like the storyline was, so at the beginning, my brother and I grew up hunting together, right? And like we were with each other, learned how to hunt from each other. Yeah. And as we got older, you know, he got a different job, I got a different job. Our career paths took us different directions. Right. So like, we hadn't hunted together that often. Like, whereas we used to hunt all, the, all right. the time together. So it's kind of like coming back together and hunting again for yeah. the first time after not hunting with each other for a long time. Kind of is like the main, the main mm -hmm. storyline. But yeah, we were in a ton of elk. It's just one of those, just not a lot going our way. Yeah. You know, have, we had opportunities to be, you know, we're looking this way. He's like set up, make a call. And like, there'd be an elk come off to the left, just like in wide open. Yeah, that, I remember you know, that. I was looking at, he wasn't looking at, Yeah. you know, a lot of like one more step. We would have shot. Right. He's behind behind brush and yeah. And okay, so can we talk about? Yeah. The, okay, so was that the first day? Uh, it was. I think it was probably like the second or third day. Okay. Yeah, we just made it because it was probably. I want to say it was the second or third day. Yeah. Okay. We just. It seems a little faster just cutting it. We made it a little bit quicker at the beginning since there wasn't. Yeah. We're basically and, just caught in a storm for about a day and a half, two okay, days, yeah. just snowstorm. So you guys end up shooting an elk, but wounding it, and I like, 
dude, it happens to everybody. If you bow hunt or rifle hunt long enough, it's going to happen to you. It's happened to me. Um, it's definitely like the worst ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a clean miss is way better. Right. I, and I was actually on a, um, a hunt last year. I was filming for Dan elk shape and um, we had the same thing like we hunted hard for nine days nothing was really going our way we got into elk the last night and um he had like a it was a long shot like 75 80 yards or something on this bull and as soon as he let that arrow fly the bull just takes one giant step and it hit it like right in front of the back ham and um i mean we found really good blood and we tracked that thing for miles i even missed my flight home because we were looking for right. it so much and it's the worst feeling ever no yeah and yeah from from where i was standing i didn't know like what angle the bull was at i just yeah. saw the shot was tight behind the shoulder and as like up and down on the bull like it was dead middle in the but it's just tight yeah tight on the shoulder and i saw the penetration looked all right like there's definitely arrows sticking out but i thought he got enough yeah and then coming like after talking with him it's usually you can tell like right away when you're talking to somebody after they shot a animal like kind of what their vibe is yeah, yeah. because it's usually your first instinct like, like, you either oh, think I you crushed it, it yeah. or you're yeah. a little hesitant and he was kind of hesitant so i started asking him like which way was the animal facing was it this way he's like yeah. quartering away a little bit mm -hmm. and the one thing that you can't see in that video because the camera is like behind brush and yeah it was a little came, hard to see yeah, that, yeah you yeah. can't see it he was quartering away it's like 30 yard shot and it was elevated Mm. So he was shooting uphill. So you got to think that oh, arrow's yeah. going up and it's forward on a quarter and away. Yeah. So, yeah. you happens. know, my first reaction was like, oh, you crush it from where I saw him. Like, oh, he's dead. And then once we started tracking. You could tell from the sound he'd hit yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thwack. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then blood was all right. Just And then maybe I thought maybe he got one lung. It was tight. Maybe a quarter and away he got one lung. Yeah. But we looked, looked, this thing never took a bed. You guys look, I mean, you guys did your, did your work looking yeah, for it. We looked forever. I mean, yeah. we looked so hard, we found another bull, right? Yeah, you guys found a dead elk randomly. Yeah. Did you ever figure out what the story was with that? So my, my best guess is, and I've, I've gotten questions on this since the video. So one, that bull was shot in the guts. So my guess is they probably didn't find it for a while. So once they yeah. got to it, they wanted to completely quarter it and take all the meat out. Cause he can't eat the antler, so I'm guessing then right. they come back. Cause it was back. it was fully processed. Oh, okay. The only thing that was there was the head. The so head. that's why it like looks really weird on the video. Cause it's like, what the hell? Why is there yeah. an elk like <laughs> processed? And some people didn't see that it was fully processed, but yeah, yeah, okay. it was fully processed, just the head. And that was kind of my guess was shot They're it in the guts. Back for it. Probably was like took them a little bit longer to find it. They got it, wanted to get the meat out as quick as it can, and then come yeah. back and and get the head. And I did see horses earlier that day, like working that way. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm guessing those were the, the same guys. Yeah. And we just caught it in between them, like leaving to come back, get the head or not. Yeah. And so we were talking about it earlier. Well, first, and those things are just, there's, it's incredible how tough they are. Like yeah. it, it still blows my mind that like you can get a one, a single long hit and they just survive or, you know, like anyway, but those things are just so tough. But, um, um, just a question I had, we were talking about it earlier, but just, you know, for on, on the record or whatever, like, um, I was kind of wondering why you didn't sort of step in as like the hunter after that. Right. Um, so what, like, what was that? Yeah. Like? I mean, my, my one thought was the reason I'm on this hunt is because my brother had all the points. Like I wouldn't even be on that hunt yeah. without him. So it was kind of like, my goal was like, he gets first shot. He gets the first elk. Yeah. And 
after that happened, I kind of wanted him to like get redemption yeah, and probably felt you know, pretty bad for yeah, him. Yeah, I don't I don't want to be the guy to try to take that away. Like or after or after you have that happen and yeah, go through all that, you know. And I was perfectly fine with with him hunting again and yeah. keeping hunting. And that's another question we got. It's like how come you didn't you know notch notch your tag since you some people are saying since you shot it you should notch your tag. Yeah, which like legally if you don't have the bull in your possession right. and the bull is actually dead, you legally don't have to notch your tag. Right. So it's, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a question of right or wrong. It's based on the hunter's yeah, opinion kind of, of decision yeah. of everything that went down. And after looking as hard as we did, the blood that we found, the angle of the bull, the elevation, the up, upward angle of the air, like yeah. we felt that bull was probably still alive. Yeah. And there's a good chance that it is still alive. And like my theory is, he was front, you know how like the lungs go down and they're, yeah. as the farther forward you go, the lungs begin to go down. Mm -hmm. He was probably tight right behind the shoulder and it was quartering away. I think he went right over the top Got of the like front lungs. Dead zone, that yeah. like meat zone or whatever. Just no man's land. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, like I said, you guys did your best to find the animal and it happens to the best of us. And um, so, but you guys did keep positive attitude, kept yeah. hunting hard. Yeah, this is we, what you gotta yeah. do. You gotta be able to shake those things off and just keep going. Yeah, yeah. And we we had, I mean, we we're definitely on a herd of elk, but it was like one of those that are running almost too hard. Oh, you just couldn't just pull. Yeah, running everywhere on dead sprint. <laughs> cows this way, cows that way, bulls this way. Yeah. You know, it was the same kind of thing. Like one more step, we would have had a shot. Or if we looked this way, we would have had a shot. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's part of it. Sometimes. Sometimes it falls your way, sometimes it doesn't. That's right, you know? it's hunting, man. That, that's why we keep going back out there to... If you notch your tag every single time, it wouldn't be as cool. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. It just wouldn't. Yeah, but, you know, we yeah. gave it our best. And like I always say, anytime you go out, like I'm always, my goal is like for an opportunity. That's what mm -hmm. I consider yeah. a successful hunt is if you're given an opportunity, then you put yourself in the position yeah. to have that. And if it didn't happen, whether it be mother nature or you messing up, yeah. like you were there, yeah. you had a chance. And I feel like a lot of times you actually learn more from a quote unquote unsuccessful hunt than you would. Cause if you kill the animal, it's just like, Oh yeah. And you don't really think about it. You're just right. like in the joy of, you know, tagging out. But when you don't, you're really picking it apart. Like what could I have done differently? And you really learn a lot from those. Yeah. Yeah. Got to, got to keep you humble. <laughs> yeah. And Hey, we got redemption. Yeah. Um, my brother and I drew Wyoming elk tag again this year with oh, zero no. points. Oh, nice, dude. Zero just points. got a random? Yeah, Is drew it? a random tag, so it was probably Decent like 8% chance. Wow. Yeah, just a general tag. So that's the elk god saying, hey, <laughs> we kind of we kind of got you guys last year. Yeah. But this time... That's awesome. Are yeah. you guys going to film it again? Uh, I'm not for sure, because it's okay. kind of like the same storyline. So we like with our films, we usually try to come up with different sure. different storylines sure. that we haven't, haven't yeah. done before. And we got a bunch of other elk hunts. Yeah, yeah, story is really important. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna go with rifle this year. Okay. Because I got a New Mexico archery. So it's a general tag. tag? Yep. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'll have three elk points in Wyoming next year. Um, at one point, that was like enough to get yeah. you a general tag. I know, right? It seems like not so anymore, huh? Yeah, it's probably around like four. Depends on if you go into special, and it could be getting a lot harder with the new. Yeah, the new tag allotment thing. The new tag allotment that they're trying to pass. I hope that doesn't no, go. Because it's going to be. <laughs> no Wyoming resident should, can be, should be complaining about tags because yeah. they can get more tags than anyone in some of the best country ever. Yeah. Every single year. Yeah, they can man. put more tags in their pocket than a lot of different states. Yeah, that's, um, so 
that kind of leads into my next. So I wanted to hear like what what kind of ventures you got on the books for this fall. Yeah, so I got Brady Trail and I are going to go to Colorado. We got an antelope hunt nice. out there in the the eastern plains. Was that a archery? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're we're making Brady get a bow in his hand again. <laughs> Have he, you shot a antelope archery buck yet? Uh uh-uh, uh I haven't. I've missed. That's got to be so hard. I've missed a couple. Okay. But no. I haven't I, even attempted it yet, but I know it's got to be hard. I mean, we're probably sitting blinds. That's the most effective okay, way to yeah. do it. Yeah. Sitting blinds and wait on water. Yeah. But then after that, I got New Is Mexico. Is that be like? Um, that's like Eastern in August. Colorado? Yeah. 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 August, and then I got New Mexico archery elk with trail in like mid September. Okay. What's the story on that tag? Is that like you guys getting a landowner tag or something? No, that's a it? draw. Yeah. Oh, you got yeah, a draw. Yeah, we drew it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So the good thing about New Mexico is. There's no bonus or yeah, it's just points. random. Yeah, you just have a chance. So you got you had some good luck this year. Drew a New Mexico tag and you drew a zero point elk. Yes, I had some good luck <laughs> falling my way. Thank God. It's yeah. you, but the thing is, you know, it always comes and goes. There'll be like some years I don't draw a damn thing. You're like, what? Yeah. The, like even if I had points, you know. Yeah. But yeah, this year was kind of falling my way. So you got you said New Mexico archery elk, archery pronghorn in Colorado, and then your. Um, probably Wyoming. do a later season, yeah. Wyoming. Yeah, I'll probably go in October, and then I got Idaho deer tag that I picked up. I'm still debating on what I want to do with that one. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I picked nice. one up early early in the queue in December when you have to oh, get Oh, what number line. were you? Oh, dude, I was 30,000. 30? Oh, I was, I'm, always, dude, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm always so far in the I back. think Trail told me that because I was like, dude, I'm 13,000. He's like, Neville was 30 or something. <laughs> I'm always way in the back. But, I mean, yeah. that's still, like, that's a good – I just get in there, yeah. Get in there and get a tag. You can yeah. always turn it back in. Get an elk tag, get a deer tag. You're, you're yeah, I got, got both. You already got two right off the bat, to even before the even year starts. Yeah, I got two um, because I found. Well, I asked Trail because I, I got caught off guard by it, like the December first thing, because I'm mm-hmm. still pretty new and right. I was like, someone told, like, mentioned it, and I was like, what? And um, so anyway. I, trailer helped me out with stuff before so i texted him i was like dude sorry to hit you up but like i have no idea like what and so he gave me a few suggestions of places to look at and i found one that looked cool and had a concurrent elk season so i, I was able to pick up both and um that one actually luke is going with me oh yeah nice yeah. um he said he was on the phone with you earlier wasn't he yeah yeah i was talking <laughs> to them this yeah. is this is the time of year i'm pretty busy reaching out to to our freelancers, get yeah. their schedules. A lot of scheduling on our going originals and yeah, who's yeah. gonna film what and cool man. So yeah, so so that one like we're gonna um, tag team it. So we both have tags. Nice. We're both gonna film and hunt, kind of spot it, got right. it, kind of thing. And yeah. if we, Lord willing, could be both of our first mule deer. That'd hopefully. be sweet. Yeah. What time of year are you guys gonna go? Uh, late October. Nice. Like, like that, that last ten days of October. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I tried picking up a whitetail tag this year, but I didn't draw one. In Iowa. Move to Virginia. You can buy six over the counter every year. <laughs> Sounds nice. Yeah, because yeah. I, I really, I've been starting to get the whitetail itch lately. Yeah? Yeah, I've been trying to find a, sit somewhere. Well, you're Iowa boy. Middle. I mean, yeah. that's in your blood. Yeah. You don't have you don't have that family land anymore? I mean, we still do, but I, you still have to draw. It sucks. Non-residents. So it's, it's really hard to get a whitetail Iowa oh, yeah. tag, huh? Yeah, you got to have like, you have to build up points just like Western State. Wow. Like yeah. how much? I think I need like three or four to draw my area. Okay. Yeah, and they break it down into areas. Dang. They have like eight different zones. That's crazy. So a lot of non-residents come out there to Whitetail Hunt, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why there's big deer there because like it's hard to get tags. Yeah. There. Well, he's got a set of sheds on his desk that are like moose paddles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're. Cl- I think they're they're pushing like 190 close to it. Um, big Whitetail. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, 
Okay, so you have a lot of gear videos on the Go Hunt thing, YouTube channel. Yes. Not thing. Um, and but one of your tips that on your like little five tips thing was be better prepared, yes. which is I thought was interesting since you have all these gear videos. But then you said like you forgot your bow stabilizer on one. Yeah. <laughs> so have you got better about that? We <laughs> really get you. Okay. Yeah. But, no, that's that's something definitely with, you know, with time and knowledge yeah. and you know doing it enough times. Yeah. Like I've already started. Like I already got my elk gear list pretty much ready to go. So you are a list kind of guy. Uh, not so much. I, yeah. I have one. Like I for sure have one. I mostly have one because I to like do all these videos. Like I require everyone right. to give me a list so then we can put, put the it in the shop. yeah put it in, on the shop and yeah. all that different kind of stuff. But yeah, I definitely have one. But my my strategy is like I'll go into my garage or a room that I walk by all the time. Yeah. And I set up all my gear for like the hunt I'm going on. And I just like every day when I just I just walk by and look at it. And it's yep. usually like stuff will come to me like, oh, I forgot this. Oh, oh, I need this. Yeah. It's kind of. There's so many little tiny things that, yeah. yeah. You need time. Like yeah. if you try to pack all in one sitting, you will forget stuff. Yes, 100%. For sure. Yeah, that's what always, even if it's just a little bit like, oh, get your clothing ready. Yeah. Like, at least you have that one piece dialed. And then get this ready, get that ready. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, a list definitely does help because then you can obviously go through and check. Like, right. I got this, 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 this. Yeah. I usually have kind of a running list on my phone, and like I'll just be driving, like oh, and then like boop, right. get this thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Then it's usually the last is like my food. I'll put my food together. Yeah. But I, I've already even started, you know, thinking about the food that I take. Yeah, that's. I always find that I always am like overloaded with like sweet kind of stuff for the middle of the day. And like, I always want more salty stuff. That's something that I learned this year. I brought these like, you ever had those Japanese like rice crackers with the seaweed on them? Uh, Dude, they taste like sushi. Delicious. Do you like sushi? Oh yeah, I love sushi. Okay, they're called like, I can't remember what they're called, but they're like rice crackers with like this like soy sauce kind of glaze. I mean, they're dry. And then they have like the seaweed around them. Pop it in there, it tastes like you're eating a little bite of sushi. And oh, I was devouring God. those. I'm definitely have go to, to an Asian market. Yes, I'm also, gonna have to get those. I'll show you yes. what they are. They're, I, they're so good. But anyway, um, yeah, the food list is always a funny one. Like I'm always, you know, you do you go bring with, stuff or do you make stuff? Uh, I like for dinners. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually have like a peak roof fuel or yeah, yeah, right. mountain house or something. But like for Same. like lunch, I'll bring salami, cheese. Mm, chips. Yeah, that's a good one. That's because the salami is super calorie dense. Yeah, and I do like uh, I I do pita bread now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit lighter and then I bring mayonnaise and mustard and all that shit. <laughs> nice. Dude, like those little packets of mayonnaise and mustard yeah. go such a long way. Oh yeah. Just having a little fat and a little flavor. And I've done it before just like, oh, I'm not, I don't need any of that. And I'll bring a hot sauce packet for each day. Yeah. You know, you eat that same dry sandwich and you're like, God damn it. I would kill for some mayonnaise on this <laughs> yeah. thing. No, it's the little things like that that just kind of keep you and People always hit me up like, and I bring cheese. Like, I'll bring sliced cheese that are, like, pre-packaged. Yeah, yeah, the Tillamook things. Yeah, yeah I get people those, like, too. dude, how's that not go bad? I'm like... It doesn't. No. You could put that thing in the 100-degree weather, and it would be fine. I brought I brought two packs of those and, like, a thing of summer sausage to um, Arizona last year, bow hunting. And they, like, were out for, like, a week, and they were fine Yeah. in Arizona. I mean, it was January, but still. No, yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always looking in my food list, but I've got it pretty dialed now where I've learned, you know, what I like, what I don't like. Yeah. And I think a lot of times they consider like what you eat on a regular day. Yeah. Like, what do you like normally? You know, right. I know I like peanut butter, chocolate, you know, chips yeah. and sandwiches. So I'm going to bring something. Yeah. Fairly... Why would you bring random stuff you don't like? Yeah. Like, when yeah. You're... Yeah. 
totally. You know, it depends on the person. Like, I know some guys that are, like, super into, like, candy and sweets. Yeah. You know? So they'll bring, like, Skittles and other stuff right. like that. Where I'm, like, more... I'm See, a, I never I'm a, eat I'm that. a chocolate candy kind of guy. Yeah. I never eat really candy anyway. No. So I'm like, why would I bring, like, gummy bears and right. stuff? Like, yeah. I don't eat that stuff anyway. No. But some, to each their own. But um, Mark, like, makes... He, like, had, like, homemade um, shepherd... No. Chicken pot pie. Oh, yeah. And, like, pad thai. Dude, it was, so like, good. his his freeze-dried chicken pot pie was, like, better than, like, most, like, regular chicken pot oh, pies I I've bet. had. Like, it was so good. So, Mark is supposed to, he's supposed to do, a like, a class about that. But, anyway. Yeah, if nice. I had, if I had more time, I mean, usually when I'm getting, like, put my food together, I'm, like, a week out. Like, yeah. It's, it's, That's a time drain. Yeah. Just getting your all your gear and food ready. Like yeah. it takes a lot of time for sure. I tried going down that. I might revisit it, but especially if you got multiple trips in a year, that's that's a lot to try to do your, all your own right. food too. I think Mark has his wife helping him out. Yeah. So. Come um, on, Mark, send us some. I, dude, I told him I was like, dude, I will pay Amy to make Give this me for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Um, so what's your like? <clears throat> oh, just really quick on that. And I remember the time we started, but are you okay on time? Yeah, I'm good. Um, what's uh, I was gonna say. So you're kind of a gear guy, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm at... Not trail status? No, but. not trail status. <laughs> but, you know... Do you have I any guess, new I pieces guess, of I gear? I guess it's the people I hang out with. Like You have to be. Yeah, I yeah. have to be kind of a... a Do you have any like gear. new pieces of gear that you're excited about for this year or stuff that's like old standbys that's just like solid for years and you love it? One, the best, one of the best things that I have that people always ask me question on are my mittens that I wear. Okay. Because I buy them off Amazon, and they're literally just wool, like, mittens, but they have the fingers cut off and the mm -hmm. thumb cut off. But then they do have a flap that yeah. go over. Those I just, like, yeah. Versatility, and then, like, because a lot of times you need your fingers and hands oh, yeah. to do shit. Or cameras. And, or... I, and I hate gloves, because they don't Me keep too. my hands warm. And then you just put the mitten flap over, so it's good. Like, carrying your bow, you can take it off, yeah. shoot, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's probably, like, one of my favorite, like, small things that I really like. That's good. But a, like a new piece that I've just started using that people ask me questions all the time is hip quiver. So I don't, I don't mm. shoot with a quiver yeah. on my bow. So I have this hip quiver, it's called Total Peep Hip Quiver. And basically what it does is just connects to your belt loop or you can put on your hip belt on your backpack and you're like able to move it in all different positions oh, nice. that feels comfortable cool. for you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I never shoot with my hip quiver on, yeah. and, or on, like on your quiver bow. on my bow. Right. So that's good. And it's um, just added weight this way and that way. You have to redo my stabilizers, all that stuff. I just, yeah. I just don't think it's as efficient. So just hip quiver it. Because you, you're, you're much more of a, you like bow hunting. Better, yeah, yeah, yeah. Archery's yeah, definitely my thing. thing for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what's, what's kind of like your, so like Brady is like the mule deer guy, you know, he, I've heard him say before, like he doesn't, really stockpile points like he, he just likes to hunt right so that's kind of his like philosophy you know you could say strategy but more interested in like what's like your tag western hunting strategy but more like philosophy like overarching yeah, yeah i'm pretty similar in that but not so species mm. specific like yeah. i'll hunt anything really yeah is if I, can, I I just like hunting yeah i mean my favorite i'll say is elk for sure is my favorite type of helping so i'm always trying to find you know, more elk takes put in my top pocket than yeah. anything else. But like, I love mule deer hunting. I love elk hunting. Yeah. 
you know, just depending, depending on the year. And like do you September. do kind of some kind of rotation kind of, or like do you have certain states or do you yeah. go for all of them? I mean, them I, I build points in every state. I apply in every state. Like every state. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. If you, if you have the bandwidth and to do it, why not? Get credit cards. That's, that's you got to have multiple. <laughs> Go into debt. You have to have multiple credit cards during application season. That's that's the number one secret. Yeah. You got to have multiple credit cards during application season. But yeah, I yeah. mean, depending on the year, like this year, I was really wanting to go whitetail hunting, so I was looking at different whitetail yeah. hunting opportunities. Always like to put an elk tag in my pocket for September. Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe one deer hunt with a rifle sometime. Yeah. Have you um, have you looked into that? Uh, Arizona coos hunt? Yeah, yeah have you done I've, it? I've done it a couple of years. Yeah, have you killed one yet? Yeah, haven't. It's a Dude. tough one, but it is really Dude. fun. <laughs> tough. Very tough. Yeah. Like, that was like next level. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, they're making that a little bit trickier now, too. Oh, are they? In Arizona. Yeah. They have like limited quotas and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. I actually got a Barbary sheep tag in New Mexico, too, this year. Oh, actually. really? Yeah. This year? This year. Wow, man. You're just like, that, that's like rolling a, in it this that, year. That, that one's like February. Okay. So um, you got four hunts this year. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that one's way, and that's like any any weapon. Oh, is it? Okay. Bro. Yeah, Trill and I both drew that. Um, so that's like a it's species. It's pretty hard like, to find those on public, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's pretty tricky. Yeah. And there's like a few spots where they're at. and like. Yeah, it seems like one of those hunts from just talking to people, it's, you'll be looking a lot. And then once you do find them, it's like you find them. You're going to try to do it on public? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. DIY. Yep. Yeah. Trill and I will head down there. Have you hunted in New Mexico before? No. I've heard it's the best though for elk. Trill told, tells me he's like, they've never rutted. He's never seen elk rut that hard before. Yeah. Well, I only have one experience hunting there and it was in like, I'll say the unit cause it's already been said a hundred times, but it was like unit nine, which is like right side of Al- outside of Albuquerque. It's like, Probably the worst unit in New Mexico. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. And um, it just got overhunted. Right. And so me and that's when I was filming for Dan and I don't want to go super into it because I've talked a lot about it on the podcast and stuff, but it was just really sketchy because there was private ranches on like all sides of it and they were doing super sketchy stuff. We, me and Dan got kicked off of public by an armed guard lying, telling us we were on private. And like Dan almost got in a fight with this dude. Like um, they were flying helicopters at low altitudes, scaring the elk off the public back into private. Um, one time we, we finally spotted some elk and we were about to go on a stalk. And these two dudes just out of nowhere get out of this like $80,000 pickup truck in blue jeans and just start walking towards the elk and just pushing them back onto the private. And like tons of stuff like that happened the whole time. Like, like hardcore hunter harassment, like just bad but hopefully so there's a lot of big ranches on in unit nine then um yeah well not a lot there's like two big ones there's elkins and then there's floyd lee and the floyd lee was the one that was um not just us they were um they were intimidating and kicking off multiple hunters and we heard stories from the local guys that they've been doing it for years one guy even said like don't mess with them like you'll they'll gag and bag you and you'll wake up like in the desert after getting your butt kicked <laughs> like sketchy stuff oh, dude. oh boy <laughs> so anyway um what'd you guys do then did you end up like telling somebody like, we did we told the game wardens we called it in they apparently investigated it i don't i kind of lost track of where it went but right. um the game wardens did come out and um it was a it was pretty big deal and um and we just kind of 
we just kind of went away from that right. that contested area, and again, we did find some elk on like the last day, but just then, then that whole tough situation happened. But yeah, that would it was be, a tough unit. Yeah, it'd be terrible. <laughs> it was the worst. Making it a tough unit, and then you have that on top of it. Oh yeah, it was it was nuts. It just it was just like because anytime you have like a, a resource that's worth a lot of money. You have people that are wanting to protect that and right. be greedy, yeah. and so it just created this weird, like, seedy kind of dynamic. Yeah. But anyway, um, let me just check, make sure there's anything else I want to ask you. I think we hit everything I wanted to talk about. Anything else that uh, I didn't? Oh, I, I heard you say on one that um, you're um, you're a sicko. You can wear t the same underwear for ten oh, days. Oh yeah, you're, I'm my, the same. My gear list. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same. Thing. I, I had a bunch of funny. I'm glad there's somebody else that can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've learned that from Trail and Brady, so. Yeah, I mean. Nobody brings extra underwear. It's like, no. you're dirty, so what's the difference? Yeah, just flip it inside. I don't yeah. have to. Yeah, <laughs> um, two and one. Yeah, I think that was it, man. It was cool to get to know you a little bit. Um, I guess, you know, where can people find you if they want to check you out more? Yeah, I got my contact information on the Go Hunt website. We have, like, a team page. You guys yeah. can find a lot of my stuff. And then be sure to check out By Blood, our new Go Hunt original on YouTube doing a giveaway for it too oh nice yeah so check that out we're trying to get to 100k subscribers we're almost there okay we're like 94. Are you gonna, you're gonna film any of your hunts this year you're uh, still not sure yeah we're gonna film the new mexico okay sure yeah, yeah trail and i yeah you got yeah. to yeah that'll cool. be a good one yeah that would be on lookout for that one that'd yeah that'll be cool yeah, that'll be awesome all right dude yeah thanks for having time, me man. yeah yeah all right dude